everyone, it's Daniel Elwood and Robert Paul Johnson. We are the Last Nighters. You can find us at lastnighters.com and also on the Liberty Movement's YouTube channel. Tonight is episode 182 of the show. It's Sound of Metal. And uh, if we're still on the air, uh, because some of our pre-show bonus content and earlier stuff here might have been a little bit too uh, risque. Uh, so if you want to listen to that, go to lastnighters.com slash Patreon. But uh, tonight we're going to be doing Sound of Metal, like I said, with um, a musician, libertarian anarchist, and friend, Rocky Ferenberg. He has been our guest a couple of times in the past. He was on for Smallfoot, Gremlins, and uh, the Clint Eastwood classic, The Mule. And I'm going to add him to the stream now. And we can say hello to Mr. Rocky Ferenberg. Why don't you introduce yourself to our uh, our audience and remind them where they can find what you do. And also tell us about your new book that just came out. Well, I'm Rocky Ferenberg. Uh Previous political candidate ran a show called um, the uh, uh, Noisemaker Podcast, where we interviewed independent and uh, small-time bands, and uh, basically kind of gave them a platform to showcase their music. Uh, been a musician for almost two decades now. I spent most of that time writing lyrics, and so uh, most of the uh, lyric books out there, songwriting books, they're like 300, 600 pages, even for a seasoned songwriter. It seems like you're kind of drinking from a fire hose. So I was like, well, I think it'd be really awesome to put out a very small, compact book that kind of breaks down the entry level elements of how to write a song and how to kind of, you know, get a jump start on it and learn all the different things you need to learn to kind of get started. So put out a uh, basically pretty small 50 page book on uh, the songwriting and called it the Fat Free Guide to Songwriting. Oh, and um, Gremlins is still a better Christmas movie than Die Hard sacrilege sacrilege <laughs> so rude all right i'm gonna pull I just, up i just needed to be noted again all right all right noted <laughs> noted He's still under that delusion rocky has not improved his opinion even though he is older and supposedly <laughs> wiser he has not learned his lesson noted <laughs> all right so for those watching uh you can see the cover of uh, rocky's book in the uh one of the quarter panels here because for he's using screen. that for audio wow yeah, we're gonna make we're gonna go main screen warp and I'm gonna go main screen even harder warp again there, there go. we go we there see go. the book there and uh Rocky is there a website where people can go direct to that or should they go to uh go to our show notes page and click the link and, and we'll get a uh, two cent commission out of it yeah of course no the the only place we got we got it is uh, available on Amazon uh publish it through Amazon so go over there snag it I'll give you guys the link if I have it, I don't think I sent you guys anything yet. So I'm a horrible self promoter like that. No, it's so. it's all right. I've, I've got a, uh, <laughs> I've got a uh, Amazon affiliate link maker that uh, right. pays us, you know, the one and a half percent of a percent that they pay <laughs> these days. <laughs> so you know, you sell the book for what ten bucks, uh, we'll see like fifteen cents. It'd be great. Right, right. Yeah, no, the uh, the paperbacks uh, uh, nine ninety nine. The uh, ebook is two ninety nine. So. Okay, even less for us. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so buy buy the ebook to make sure that we can skimp as hard as we can. That's right. Skimp or harder. like we were talking about before, you know, I'm sure you can probably pirate it somewhere, like stealing the intellectual property, like we were talking about before. You know, hey, once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah, yeah. That was actually a, a, a good little moment there in the pre-show bonus content. So, you know, the Patreon bonus content, highly recommended everyone. It's it's usually granted, it's usually just a couple of old guys. Not as old as the president, but a couple of guys <laughs> trying to figure out technology, getting the sound work and all that stuff. But this time was actually pretty good. We actually had some sub, some substantive uh, discussion previously. And we also had a, a guest appearance by Mike C of Mechanical Dream Revolution on for a few minutes. And uh, he's a, he's always a good guy. So highly recommend his stuff and also Rocky's stuff. Uh, anything else before we get into our discussion about this here movie? I'm good, man. Let's do this. All right. Motion carries. Yeah, Daniel. Let's light this candle. <laughs> Let's light this candle. All right. So I'm going to pull up the Google description here. Um, let's see if there it is. All right. It's even pulled up. And Robert, can you give me a wamp? Wow. Wow. Sound of metal. There. That's even better. That's so people can see nice. it on screen. That looks so good. <laughs> All right, so I've been meaning to put the logo up on our podcast for, I don't know, almost a year now, and I never, like, do it properly. So this is the first time, and I, I still don't think this was proper, but, you know, it's better than nothing. 
So you got to put anyway. it into your routine. There's got to be a sequence of events, and that this is the time when you always do this, and you, know, you always do that. Well, it should be right that's before the Google description, right? Because that's a routine. Mm, but I'm not sure, mm-hmm. like, where to throw that in. I, I kind of want to like reveal the show, but people already know what movie we're talking about just from the title of the episode. So kind of fucked there. But you know, we could pretend people don't already know and like pretend it's a big surprise. Like yeah. Robert announcing what the episode. What are tonight? we doing, Daniel? <laughs> Womp. Oh, mind blown. Sound it's of kinda, metal. It's kind of like the pink in the brain uh, uh ongoing <laughs> gag, you know. That's right. It could be an ongoing gag is that we suck. <laughs> <laughs> What right. movie are we going to talk about today, Daniel? <laughs> taking over the world. <laughs> what we talk about every night, taking over the world. That's right. I, I did it wrong, as per usual. All right. Well, here we go with the Google description, which is what I will read to you now. So, Sound of Metal, available on Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon Prime joint. Got 7.8 out of 10 on the IMDb, 97% Rotten Tomatoes, 82% Metacritic, 92% of Google users like it. The description is very lengthy. A heavy metal drummer's life is thrown into freefall when he begins to lose his hearing. End scene. Came out November 20 of 2020. Director is Darius Martyr. Uh, story by Darius Martyr and Derek Cianfrancais. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but it's a, it's a Belgian movie, so it's probably got some kind of an accent to it. Budget of $5.4 million and a box office of 176 <laughs> thousand one hundred seventy seven dollars ouch low bid robert your take on the google description and this movie yeah that this one uh yeah they make a lot of these kind of like low budget movies that don't get any kind of media attention don't get any kind of like advertising push and they just kind of die on the vine it's uh it's unfortunate but well this was also released mid pandemic Mm, that probably didn't help things either uh, it's a it's a it's a pretty good character study film. Uh, it kind of follows a fairly mm, fairly standard, uh, you know, hero gets adverse thing happen to him, uh, seeks out uh, a solution, decides to get it, has some regret, and uh, deals with uh, different issues along the way. It's um, you know watching it. It was. It felt. It felt more non-standard, though. It, t- it definitely took a little bit of turns. Like you're, you're kind of used to like the Hollywood way of solving problems, and this is much more of a real life kind of thing. Where, yeah, there's this guy, and he loses his hearing, and what does he do? He kind of learns sign language, and he hangs out with deaf people, and he kind of comes to sort of accept his new life. But there's you know, every time you undergo this traumatic change, there's going to be some pushback and he resists, you know, he's used to his old life. He, he understands his old life. He liked his old life. It, uh, it had a lot of value and meaning to him and losing it would be traumatic. Uh, I don't know. Have there been drummers who have lost their hearing and continue to drum? It seemed like he still, he could still do it, right? You still feel the, Feel the drums. It's not like that leopard style where you lose an arm, you know. And then you could pre-record it though. But I, I, I mean, in the movie, he was having issues taking cues from the guitarist, the lead singer lady, and so then he didn't know what to play. But he knew the songs. But I guess it was just an issue of performing live. They could have probably worked something out between them to give him the cues to know what to play. Because it's not like he he couldn't play the drums anymore. But you know, obviously, there's the whole thing of him dealing with being deaf which is what the movie mainly centers around and coming to terms with that it's like i said it's more of a character study it's more of a a hero kind of evolution and accepting change so i i thought it uh was quite good in that sense i mean i wasn't blown away by the film i thought that the the time spent in the the kind of deaf world to be very slow um maybe because i'm more used to a fast-paced story i felt it was a little bit more kind of boring but not that there wasn't a lot of good stuff there so overall i i I definitely enjoyed the way the film ended 
and the the awkwardness of him coming back to that uh wanting to be back in that in the uh in the in his old world his old life and the disappointment he felt the crushing disappointment with the 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 ear implants where he had this expectation of what they were going to do for him and i felt that that was a little bit weird like he kind of brushed off any of the doctors who were saying now hold your expectations this isn't going to be amazing like it was. You're going to feel some, you know, it's going to be degraded. But he was like expecting things to be great again, and they weren't. And it, overall, I thought it was a good journey that I went on. Um, I, not the movie of the year, not my favorite thing I've ever seen, but a solid film that probably deserves more than the, what, the 200000 bucks that it made. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty sad. Yeah, you know, I I saw this movie and it became highly it came highly acclaimed and recommended and I think that um it won some awards, best sound editing and and something else and and uh the lead actor um Riz Ahmed he he was highly acclaimed as well and some of the training that he went through to to, to play this role was not only drum lessons but sign language lessons and and all these things. And I think he even um, experienced deafness for periods of time, you know, so he wouldn't be able to hear anything to like bring some authenticity to the role. And I think a lot of that kind of comes through, but I don't know if there's really much of a story here other than there's a guy who's like focused on here's our life. We're roving in this RV, playing gigs, recovering addicts and, um, we play songs and we're trying to make money and trying to make it big. And he's willing to continue to pursue that despite the risk of, you know, once it's made aware, once he's made aware that, that he's damaging his hearing by what he's doing, he continues on, even though the doctor recommends like, Hey, you need to focus on preserving what you have left because whatever's happening is going to continue unless you make some changes here. And he proceeds on anyway. So sort of stubborn, but also sort of like focused on, I'm going to stick to whatever my goal is, no matter what, which is sort of admirable in a way, but also a bit foolhardy, you know, very much a time preference issue where he's like not willing to step back and see the long term. You know, he's, right. he wants that immediate thing. And we see that again when he wants the immediate solution of, hey, I'm going to just get these implants, bing, bang, boom. Everything's good. I just got to get the 40, 50 grand. I'm all set. Yeah, it very much reminded me of like the boxer or the MMA fighter like mentality of I'm going to sacrifice my body. It's fine. We'll just keep going. This is what I know. This is what I enjoy doing. Maybe at the expense of lo serious long-term damage that seems far away, right? I mean, the rest of your life, man, that's the rest of your life. I'm here about the here and now. Don't really worry about that. We'll figure that out later. I've got something great going. I want to hold on to it, you know? Yeah. I think that, so, I think that, that gets made those, those trades get made all the time. Um, you know, you, you've seen, or at least I've seen many a fighter who shouldn't be in the ring anymore, who are still doing it when they are a shadow of their former selves and somebody ought to grab them if need be and be like, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. You really, really shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. You see that in, um, not so much in the NFL because people will get cut when they're not able to perform at that high level anymore, but they are also putting their, uh, their bodies on the line for that inch. Right. We see that in any given Sunday. Uh, yeah. 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 It's the gladiator mentality. And I, I got to respect a certain amount of it, but at the same time, I mean, they, they are sacrificing their bodies for your entertainment. And for their own lifestyle. So, right. you know, it's their choice to make. Yeah. And, and part of it's admirable, you know, like you want to, because like the Rocky, I swear we're going to bring you in. No, you're but, good. You're good. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> listening. But there, there is also that like mind over matter aspect where whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Right. So sometimes we can do things and accomplish things by sheer force of will beyond what we think our bodies are capable of. And you can push yourself to do that. I remember doing that in marathons, right? Like I'm just a, a regular guy and 90% of a marathon's ahead, you know, like, yeah, you got to have your body, you know, acclimated to it. And you got to like practice run and all this stuff, you build up to it. But when it comes down to it, like 
whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Like you have to mentally push yourself to get past it, to go beyond what you think you can do. And I, I see that kind of as an element of these things as well. Like you want to prove you're tough, prove that you can take it on. Um, consequences kind of be damned. And, and I can totally see that mentality, especially they always say like when you're in your 20s, you are willing to make those sacrifices physically that you're going to pay for in your 40s. Yeah. Yeah. You say that in pro athletes all the time. And for this guy, obviously, the rest of his entire life, dramatically changing his lifestyle. I can imagine being able to hear and then not being able to hear, but I can't. I mean, you can obviously you can plug your ears and whatever and kind of sort of experience it or you close your eyes and pretend to be blind, but you're not feeling that sense of despair, right? That comes from actually happening. You really have to deal with it because, you know, you can just pull out these earplugs, you know, you can open your eyes and see again. That's a whole different psychological thing. It's right. uh, And to, to willingly do that to yourself, that's... I don't know if that's just willful ignorance or like you're saying mind over matter or just consequences be damned. I'm going to go out on my shield or it's just, I mean, there's also the aspect that he was an addict and doing this thing with this girl, you know, got him through his addiction and he, and he like the, the lifestyle became his new addiction, right? Like drumming and whatever, but it was more of a positive thing than obviously shooting heroin all day. Right. So he wanted to hold on to this thing that saved his life basically. Mm, which is, which is an emotional emotional attachment yeah all right well i think this is a good time to bring you in rocky so uh okay. you're you're a musician uh what did you see in his motivations here um to continue going on despite the physical consequences and i think that robert brought up a good point with him viewing his relationship with the lead singer as saving him from something that he was doing before and that he wanted to hold on to that well, well, first of all, if I want to, first of all, I want to start off because I actually played in a band with a uh, drummer who was deaf. And so whenever I uh, was offered to come in and, and do this movie and I watched the uh, trailer for it, it immediately hit home for me because the, the drummer for my most successful band was uh, deaf. And he um, I, I'm not quite sure. I know that he had hearing when he was a kid um, and he was deaf enough that he um you know, would read lips. So like we'd be at shows and stuff, you'd lean in, you know, naturally to try to yell into someone's ear, ear at a loud show. And he'd constantly be backing up because he had to read your lips. And so he was pretty, pretty deaf, pretty hearing impaired. You know, he didn't really like any of those labels put on him. Um, I remember one time he got super mad. A friend of ours tried to, you know, do sign language and stuff to him and he really pissed him off. So, um, but the dude was a phenomenal drummer, probably one of the best drummers I've ever played with. Uh, super, um, you know, held in some of the highest regard in the local uh, community where I'm at. Um, and it wasn't just because he's a deaf guy that plays drums it's because he's just a badass drummer. Um, the only issue was really, you know, he would fall off because he counted so well, he would fall off sometimes and it made it hard to, you know, kind of get back on board. Um, but I mean, a lot of that just comes from being able to set him up right. You know, he was really shy about having people turn the monitors up for him because he didn't want special treatment or anything. But, um, yeah, it's one of these things, like whenever I saw the, the, the drummer who was deaf, it immediately like, you know, hit home with me. So I was like, this is, uh, a, you know, pretty badass, badass idea that I want to, you know, check out now, as far as like the drive for music, um, you know, if you're, if you're a musician, this is just something that's like in, in your blood. Like I, you know, uh, you know, as some of the people that have been on or seen me on the show before, you know, I've been in and out of prison before and, and having those extended period of time away from music, even in treatment centers and stuff. Um, it's still something I always came back to, even whenever I was locked up, I still wrote music. I still wrote lyrics, treatment centers. I still wrote lyrics. It was just a thing that, that is it's in me. It's, it's that it's just, a, it'll never die. I'll never stop. You know, I mean, even when I'm old, I'll still be making music. I mean, I still want to go tour and do stuff right now like that. It's it's just a thing that if you are a musician, that's just a, a drive that you have. And um, in 2007, I was nearly stabbed to death by a guy at a party uh, when the fight broke out. He actually wound up, we wound up going at each other and he got me in my hand and cut a nerve and an artery in my hand up here. So see, I can't like put my hand together and stuff. Those are the only fingers that move. And this is my, my finger in hand for my uh, guitar. So it made 
learning guitar really hard to do once again, you know, I had to kind of relearn what I was doing. And so once again, I see this happening and it's one of these things, like I get the guy's drive, you know, um, you know, I can still play, I can still do this. I just got to figure out a way to get around doing it. And, you know, I wanted to take shortcuts so many times, you know, I even quit going because they told me that I would never be able to get, you know, my feeling or my, you know, the ability to do that back. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you stop and you start trying to figure out a better way to do it or a different way to do it. But, you know, when you're told, you you know, that thing won't ever happen again, uh, it takes a little bit of time just to kind of cope with it. And granted, losing your hearing as a drummer versus, you know, the stuff in my hand, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's it's close enough because I for a little while I thought I wasn't going to be able to play really ever again. And I still remember the first song that I wrote after I started uh, 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 playing again. And it really only used these two fingers because the other fingers didn't work very well. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I totally get it. It's a, it's a, um, uh, Garth Brooks actually has a song uh, about, uh, the rodeo and about, you know, getting beat to shit like you guys were talking about and still just going back and, and going to the rodeo and, you know, kind of what, what that drive is. And, you know, he says, you know, it's dust, it's blood, it's the, uh, you know, it's the gold, you know, and the buckle and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, really in actuality, it's, it's like, it's a thrill, you know, and I like playing live and stuff, but the best thing to me is whenever you're with a group of people and you have this baseline idea for a song and it comes to fruition and you watch it kind of become this, this new thing, you know, with all these different people kind of involved and you see all their different characteristics and styles come into play. And then some of the cool, one of the coolest things you can have live is, you know, whenever you look out into the crowd and you can see people like singing the words to your song, you know, this is not a song that's on the radio or anything. These are people that only know the song from either buying your CD or going to enough show of your shows. So, um, nice. you know, there's this, there's just this, this drive that comes from, you know, playing music that it, you, you don't want to stop. And whenever you can't do it anymore and so much of your life is entrenched in this idea of music. I mean, yeah, the desperation certainly ensues. I thought the movie was, fantastic really i i was to be honest i was expecting something kind of that we were just going to dig on and, and really crack hard on but it's it was actually a surprisingly really 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 good movie um i the elements with the addiction um i did i didn't think that they i thought they were seeds that were laid that didn't pay off very well the only point in time yeah. where they really paid off was um after he got the treatment and then he came back to to try to borrow money from the house manager um, it was one of these weird things where he's like, well, you know, this is that addict behavior. And it's like, okay, that was a little, that was a little rough trying to, you know, bring that part back in. Um, yeah. I thought there was gonna be more payoff. I kind of was waiting for him to, to relapse in some way. And mm -hmm. it, I don't think that it paid off the way that it should have, but I mean, that's really more or less just nitpicking. Yeah. The most well, about that. I, I wanted to say that, uh, in the, in the opening of the movie, it says, you know, violence drug use whatever like the warnings yeah and so the whole time i'm like okay so he's gonna relapse or something and it never happens so i'm like drug use what are they talking about they it also said nudity i thought like the two cigarettes he smoked or whatever i mean yeah. on, what, what? <laughs> so the whole time I'm, I'm thinking he's gonna relapse like and and that's like when when he was selling his gear i'm like okay yeah he's gonna get all this money with the intent of getting these implants but he's gonna relapse yeah now, when he got the implants, though, and like, so first of all, the movie did a phenomenal job with the audio. I mean, you said it won an award for for the audio. Like when they when they were moving back and forth between what it's like to hear and you could really feel like the despair of what was going on. And even his like his blatant rage whenever he starts destroying all the albums because he can't hear them anymore. Like, you know, that that aggression you know, because aggression is a secondary emotion. So that that fear and that frustration and that, you know, just turmoil that, you know, manifests itself in a, in a you know, just a rage like that. It, it like as soon as it was happening, I was like, wow, like this it had some really powerful parts like that. And the transition between being able to hear. I really liked whenever they were all sitting around the table. You have this whole deaf community and it's going back and forth between what they can hear and what a person sitting at the table would hear. Right. And it was just this it's these phenomenal moments where they really are able to contrast the two really, really well. And so I thought that 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 whole part of the movie was done, was executed really, really well. This might make me a terrible person. But when that dinner scene was happening and they were going through, you know, the, the silent 
experience of it and then the not silent experience of it. I was like, damn, they're loud. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I chuckled. I chuckled <clears throat> and I thought it was funny, but it, it was not necessarily it's funny because of, of the despair. It's funny because like just just to this group of people, this is just what a normal day is like. This is what a normal dinner table it, you know, it, setting is like, and you know, they don't know exactly what they're doing, you know what I mean? Because they can't hear it that well. But I mean, it's, it's one of those things like where they're, they're not just being loud because they can't hear, but hitting the table and, and using these types of vibrations is actually another form of communicating between them. It's almost like inflections in, in your voice or whatnot. And right. so it's, it's like, it's, it's just really, it was just really interesting. It was really, I, I, really really like in fact the only thing i didn't like is i didn't like the end i thought that the end didn't pay off very well and it it really came down to be just like another one of these like what well, is an amazon movie but another one of these amazon or made for tv movies that does really good and then like just rushes the ending and doesn't give that that payoff that was built you know yeah i think they have the, the ending is a little bit ambiguous enough to where <clears throat> you can read it a couple of different ways like if he <clears throat> how i charitably interpret the ending is that he goes to France and surprises the girl and she'd been doing really well. And his presence being there again, reminds her of their past situation. And she starts like having that nervous, you know, harming self harm kind of thing happening. And he's also realizing that he's taking this shortcut to where he can't experience sound and music and and her singing with her dad playing piano the way that he thought and so he ends up leaving to not go back like he leaves that life and he's not coming back to her because he realizes that his presence is causing her harm and then he also removes the implants to finally accept his new situation and adapting to it and that was another question i wanted to um bring up was the the uh, the approach by the guy who runs the house where he's like we don't view this as a disability we don't view this as a thing to fix we view this as a way to be you know and and i was torn on that because i'm like well there are certain things you can do and you wouldn't just like not remedy you know anything just because you happen to be in a certain situation right so I guess back to my point was like, if, if I read the movie as he makes the realization that he's causing her harm by remaining with her and that he needs to accept his now being deaf and then he's going to move out into the world, accepting this and moving on. I kind of view that as maybe a good ending versus him just being out there, taking the things out just to like go for a walk, sit on the park, you know, sit on a park bench. And then he's going to go back to the girlfriend's house and they're going to like try to, you know, start their band up again or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah I wonder. No, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, of course he thought, you know, he could go back and, and be around other people. And then he kind of came to this realization that he couldn't be around other people in the same capacity that he could before. And I don't, the, the thing I didn't like that is I don't think it sends the correct message because once again, being around people that were deaf, they, they can be around people that, that aren't deaf. It's not like they have to be isolated from society like that. Um, now the ending I thought was him finding that, um, that being still moment that the house uh, manager was talking about mm -hmm. he kept telling him, you know, you got to, you know, you got to find how to be still. And that's kind of what I interpreted when he took everything off and everything was quiet. You know, there was nothing happening. That was kind of that moment of still that he found. Um, but you know, when they're talking about not, not having, not seeing it as a disability, I, uh, I really relate because I, I don't find, um, I don't find substance abuse to be a, uh, uh, a, disease at all i don't i mean obviously they classify it as a disease so i mean it is what it is but you know i mean i can't uh you know i can't wake up and you know not have uh uh you know bipolar disorder anymore you know i can't wake up and just not have cancer anymore but you know i woke up one day and i just decided i wasn't going to stick needles in my arms anymore um you know what i mean that the there, there's a strong difference between between uh, you know what addiction is and what we typically deem a disease to be and so once again i don't live my life by by this idea that i'm a victim and i have some kind of disease you know 
And I think that that's a pretty powerful thing, a lot more powerful than people that believe that they have uh, a disease of addiction. And I think that that's in one case, that's very powerful for him to not believe that, that, you know, that this is a disability. At the same time, while he says that it's not a disability, he still continues to isolate himself and the rest of uh, the people from the outside world as if they are different. So he's almost like living in this world of disability in order to make it not seem like such a disability. It's it's a very, very weird thing and kind of it, it has benefits, but it's also kind of culty at the same time. And you're referring yeah. to the guy running the, the, the house, right? Say what? You're, you're yeah, the guy, to, yeah, the guy running the house. Yeah. 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 I, I, I can totally see that. But I also like your take on it that, you know, if, if you consider it like a, a, an affliction or a medical thing, then you can be a victim to it versus yeah. taking on the personal responsibility for your own self and your own actions and achieving despite this obstacle. Right. So anyway, yeah, uh, you can do great things without you can do great things if you're deaf. I mean, you don't it doesn't have to be a disability in the way of like, I'm, you know, I can't do things. You can, you can still do plenty of stuff. I mean, hearing is not everything. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, you know, blind people do plenty of stuff. You can go on YouTube right now and watch, watch people that have these disabilities do amazing, amazing things. So. Right. You yeah. take away one of your senses and you heighten the other ones. I mean, it's like the Marvel superhero daredevil or like the, that uh, episode of yeah. Seinfeld where the Jerry and, uh, they get the uh, the deaf girl to read lips at a party, <laughs> so they have like some kind of secret weapon to like get some information they wouldn't otherwise have known. Mova, is that the one? <laughs> no? Not that episode. It's a different episode. <laughs> but Jerry and George are like take her to a party so that they can uh, she can uh, tell them what they're talking about. If I think he was worried about somebody talking about him. You know how George is. Anyway, uh, yeah, the guy that ran the place. I'm. I like what you guys are saying about you know, disabilities versus afflictions versus whatever. Uh, and like there are positives and negatives, but yet he is like keeping this enclave separate from everybody. I wonder, cause he really, he kind of like turns his nose up at the main character using technology to enhance his life. Whereas I'm like, you know, technology exists exactly to do that, to make your life better. It, we use it all the time everywhere. Why is he balking at this one instance? Well, he has kind of a, a soft spot for this one aspect that you're deaf and you should be able to revel and enjoy that. And it's nothing to be solved. But what does he feel about, oh, I don't know, uh, a robotic arm? that somebody is, is, is a, a limbless person, a disability to be solved by technology or not? Or should he revel in the fact that he's got no arms or a park uh, in winter or a park in winter <laughs> or a telephone to be able to talk to somebody over distances? It's a limitation that human beings have or a, a computer to be able to talk to somebody over distances. That's a well, limitation. He had a computer. Really have. Yeah. That was, that was a no and it had Facebook. Well. Or a wheelchair for somebody that can't otherwise walk. I mean, what does this guy, you know, he's he's just a very selective Luddite. He's just like, no, just about the, the hearing implants. I, I, I have a problem with that. Every other piece of technology is fine. But yeah. it, it seemed, I don't know. I it seemed a little. It. He's it well, like Jim Jones philosophical him to have the laptop with like. internet. It's you very know? Jim. Yeah, it's very philosophical, sage like. Like you shouldn't see this as a limitation. You should you should be okay and at peace with yourself because he's he's dealing with somebody who's got a lot of inner turmoil. I get that. He's he's dealing with somebody who's having a big massive change in their life. He's trying to guide them through this turbulent point in their life to a more peaceful end. I I understand that, but it still seems a little bit weird. That, I mean, what if? what if uh, he gets to a peaceful point in his life and he's happy and, and in the movie, he kind of did seem that way. Like he had, he was learning sign language. He was interacting with these other deaf people. He's having a great time. Like he was laughing yeah. and having a party and like they were playing games and he was really getting involved in the group and the community. And, in and the it school. seemed like he had, yeah, in the school and helping, he seemed like he had really kind of the tattoo and all kinds of stuff. Right. He was, uh, he was kind of at peace with himself. And then he was like, and I still want to be able to hear what's wrong with that. Uh, from my perspective, why not? Like, I know a lot of people will balk at like uh, 
cybernetic implants and being able to enhance your senses that way or whatever. And I can understand the the reasons why you wouldn't want to be able to have people hack into that or whatever, or turn yourself, you know, transhuman or anything like that. But it, it's such a blurry line from using a cell phone to using the next step in technology. Why do you suddenly balk at this as opposed to that? He, he's like an Amish guy that is like, well, technology up until 1800. And then anything past that, that's that's my arbitrary year, 1800. That's the way the Lord intended it to stop at 1800 technology. Anything past 1800 is bad. Everything before 1800 is good. The wheel, solid. I like it. Solid. Houses, fire, fire kind of <laughs> fire yeah, a little bit iffy, but uh, automobile internal combustion engine. No bad. It's a, <laughs> it's kind of an arbitrary, uh, arbitrary thing. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, in actuality, the... All you're doing is com combining uh, uh, horse and buggy and fire and you make automobile. Yeah, exactly. You're already okay <laughs> with those. Just take it the next step. Yeah. Well, well, I think you're, you're right that he's selective about what he's uh, accepting of, technologically but i also think that he's doing that sage like philosophical thing like this is the the issue that this person and these this group of people is dealing with that makes them different than than before you know than how they were before and so this is the thing that i need to help guide them through and, and here's the structure by which i do that but he did that yeah yeah right yeah yeah i mean for the most part yeah he was he already he already fully... did that i mean i can understand i can understand him at the very beginning going no 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 here you you got to get okay with being deaf for now, but then once he had done that, and then he decided, well, I still want to be able to hear, yeah, even after I'm totally at peace with myself or somewhat at peace, like he was more at peace for sure. Mm -hmm. And then the, the guy was still like, nah, get the fuck out if you're gonna do that dumbass shit, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, it's like really, you're that not gonna you're not gonna support me in my my choice. He's like, no, nah, you're being an addict now. Really? I'm addicted to being able to hear? All right, I guess. Well, no, the, the whole the whole addict, the whole addict thing comes from the behavior of selling off everything to a, achieve something like like cuz you're so obsessive and compulsive compulsive you're so obsessed with something that you basically sell off everything. So he sold off everything, but then his idea was to come back to the guy who wasn't supporting this this thing that he was doing and then tried to basically beg him and, and prod him for money. And so like, cause see, whenever he's talking about, Oh, well, you know, I can get the money from this, you know, my, my girls, you know, rich dad and stuff like the whole addict in my head or the, the, you know, kind of reverse role of the addict would be like, well, then, you know, if you can get the money from him, then why the hell are you asking this guy who was running this house? You just go ask her. Now you're you know, like robbing Peter to pay Paul at this point, you know, and, and how desperate he seemed, you know what I mean? At, at that point in time, you know, like, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, super troopers, you know, desperation is a stinky cologne. And, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of these things like that, that behavior was there. And once again, that's the only time that, that addict stuff really paid off other than the, uh, house manager basically being an alcoholic. So, you, you know, able to have that kind of relationship there, like that, you know, thing that, that well, makes them more tight. The whole, the whole, um, place there was for deaf people who were also addicts, right? Which what, seems like I, did I miss that? super specialized. Yeah. <laughs> to, to me, I'm like the market provides, but man, I can't believe that there's a house for deaf people who happen to also be addicts. Well, 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 Checking there, some boxes he did, there. he did drive what four or five States to get there. Right. Yeah. And, so and maybe, uh, his sponsor maybe there found is. a place that could help him with both issues. Yeah. The market did provide. They just put him out in the middle of nowhere and kind of made it a weird culty thing. Yeah. Now, movie wise, I think that I would have liked to see more of the addict thing happening. You know, like maybe yeah. establish it more in the beginning, so we see some of the arc of his relationship with the with the girl, like gets him out of it, or we see a relapse, or maybe both things happen. Um, but we just get allusions to it and, and I think it loses some of its impact. Like, like you were saying, the payoffs just really aren't there. They try to draw this connection with the addict behavior of selling everything for, to try to achieve something and then trying to like talk to people to get money out of them. And my, my brother, he, he went through a situation like that. And, and so he would sweet talk you and tell you anything you needed to hear and how he was turning his life around and, and everything was going to be great. And then he would get money or get whatever, you know, and, and then 
the next thing you'd hear from him, he's back in the you know situation. And yeah. so it got to a point where we were just like, no, I don't care what you say. No, the answer is no. We're not going to um, enable this behavior anymore, you know? And um, so, but, but if your brother who was an addict lost his hearing and wanted to be able to hear again, yeah, I don't think like, I know. This is like behavior nah, you wanted to hear again. Fuck off. Get out of my house. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, addict. I know you, I you know and your you helped Dev hear again. I know you helped Dev school kids, but get the no, fuck out. No, I could see, and, and maybe the movie could have gone here. I could see somebody using this as the reason I need the money, but I'm going to use it for this other thing. That could be, uh, yeah, I, I could see that. Here's a that plausible, be a little bit more, give me like, money. Yeah, right, like the boy who cried wolf too many times, and they're like, no, 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 this is just the latest scam. Or even if you are deaf, yeah, you're just going to turn around and inject it. So so, so did, did, she, did she bail on him, or did she really have care and concern that she wanted him to get better? She left because she was no. convinced that, it would be better for him if she wasn't there. I know so what that, the I know what the movie did, but I'm asking what because I mean she obviously she's an addict. She can bullshit her way around anything as well. Was she fearful about her dream of becoming a musician and a touring musician, and that this was going to hinder it? Considering the fact that she still went on and tried to do her own solo thing by using loop pedals and stuff like what he saw online. But what, like, did she basically kick him to the curb, or did she really want him to get help? You know what I mean? like like a little bit deeper into what her motives were because it never really explained if her motives were genuine or malicious i mean she did seem surprised to see him again and there was like this um almost going through the motions of like why oh, yeah like why so are you back to see you oh yeah yeah that's how it very much felt to me that was like oh i thought there was going to be another hey i thought there was going to be another man I yeah. thought there was going to be another man for sure. And, and there wasn't, but I, I really didn't think there was. So, yeah, that's what I thought. I, I, I mean, I've said this before, but a devoted woman is like a unicorn. They don't really exist. Most women, especially I, I fully much expected her to have moved on. Especially after yeah. they made the point, like, wait for me. He said that to her. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. And we don't really understand. Did we, is it said specifically in the movie how long he was there? I get the impression that it was yeah. at least a couple of months. Well, he learned sign language pretty fast if that was the case. I mean, he obviously wasn't fluent in it, but he, he was able to communicate pretty well by the uh, time he went and got the uh, the surgery and whatnot. Yeah, I'm and guessing surgery, at least like six to nine months, if yeah. not a year. Yeah, because he had to get the money and then the surgery, and then there was what, a four or six week Wait. recovery or something like that too he had the recovery time too right yeah i think in the beginning at least they they say well this is going to take at least two months but it seemed like it was longer than that anyway yeah. i don't know but yeah i mean that's another thing that didn't quite pay off they sort of set up this thing where okay she's leaving in his best interest but then out of sight out of mind and then he goes and jason you think okay well how does that play out you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially with her moving on and, you know, probably improving her life. Like when he sees her again in what Toronto or wherever it is, Paris. Like I think it's in France. I think it's, in, I think they're in Paris. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she's like all cleaned up and, and feeling better and not cutting herself. And yeah. then when he comes back and yeah, she's all nervous about the thought of going back out and doing everything over with him again. Yes. Yeah, like there's well, that, that obvious. And that Nervous. could be it too. I mean, when, when I was in the treatment center, we, we had to, we had to do things like uh, call each other out for like eating peanut butter when you're not supposed to, you know, real, real, uh, knickknacky BS. And it always seems so weird. Like why, like this is so irrelevant. Why, why would I even do this? And the whole idea is like, well, if, if you can't even call the, in this controlled environment, if you can't even call this guy out for eating peanut butter when he's not supposed to, then if whenever you're at the grocery store and you come walk around the corner and you run smack dab into your dealer and he says, Hey, what's your number? How the hell are you going to be able to be assertive enough to say, Hey, I'm not doing that. Or, you know what I mean? Get yourself out of the situation. More mm. likely, even out of a fear, you'll just automatically snap to and give him the number unless you've exercised these muscles to be able to act a certain way. And so once again, you kind of see that, that fear whenever he shows back up, whether she wanted him to leave and get out in the first place, you know, kind of get away from her 
or if you know because she was scared because he was acting out irrationally maybe she wanted to continue to do music without him because you know it was apparent that he couldn't play whatever the reason might have been but um but yeah whenever she shows back up and she's talking about him hurting himself and whatnot definitely there's that 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 fear you know that i'm you know or at least that's the way i perceived it that i would be going back to doing those things you know what i mean now that this guy's around it's almost a trigger at that point right like that things would go back to the old ways even if they would be different somehow you don't know that yeah it's it seems like like there's all these areas where you could have explored and and made more of a story arc but then you end up making a three or four hour movie out of what you know is really just a two-hour movie <laughs> well they, yeah you definitely could have went a, a lot of different ways with that um and i think that they tried to they i think they tried to do a lot of that kind of stuff or like his relationship see because they were harping on like his desperation to like even see her by the mold like, i think they showed him going in and checking emails and stuff like three or four mm -hmm. times and the other thing that never paid off is he never caught him like all that like looking and stuff and trying to like you know check to see if the guy was coming like there was never like you would thinking that like okay he's gonna get caught you know what i mean because or or, or even maybe be mentioned at the confrontation at the table where he's yep. like you're acting like an addict and you know here's the three things i've noticed yeah yeah but he just like he just got, got away with pulling the wool over his eyes the whole time so almost like so the whole the whole part that whole section of the movie was made for him to be able to get a a lens to the outside world that's kind of the whole thing so it almost told the story of what she was doing through the desperation through, through like his eyes you know what i mean through like the desperation of wanting to see what she's doing and i i yeah once again that's another element that was just uh i think poorly executed you know i think it could have been done a lot better yeah but overall i, I think i agree that, that this is definitely a movie worth watching and the performance is is strong you know i think that maybe there's a couple of missed opportunities but uh you know we're not the ones making the film we're the ones talking about it so yeah, the uh, this movie definitely rests on lives or dies on the performance of the main character, and I think he did a solid, he, definitely a solid job. I think he nailed it. I think he did a really good job. Um, I think what you were talking about, he went did some like drumming lessons, and you know, really went. Those are some of the people that execute some of the best characters whenever they really go through the motions of learning about the character that they're playing versus just kind of you know, I don't know, Tom cruising it, you know. So uh, Tom Cruise is great. <laughs> <laughs> does his own stunts <laughs> <laughs> jumps on couches but anyway uh we should probably start to to wind this one down we are approaching about an hour um any final points or notes that either of you guys have man i took zero notes on this movie so yeah no i i don't have any uh, although i think we've had an excellent discussion yeah, I didn't take any notes on it either. Um, I watched it. I watched it one time. Then I watched some clips this morning. Uh, whenever I got to work, I was going through my paperwork this morning. Um, but uh, overall, I think that the, the, there wasn't really a whole lot to kind of really dissect and, and really like go at, especially for me. You know, I kind of as I was watching the movie, I was already picking up on the addictive stuff. I was already picking up on the stuff related to the guy that I had in my band who was deaf and played drums. I was already picking up on the musician you know, elements. And so it really was kind of, uh, you know, as I was going along, I was like, okay, that, you know, that makes sense. Oh, okay. It, it should have looked like this, or this is what I would have done different, or, you know, I can relate to that. So all those things were basically were just kind of registering as, as the movie was going, but yeah, like you guys said, I think the movie was really strong and I think it was really strong because, uh, uh, Riz or whatever his name is, but I, I would be excited to see him. If I saw his name on another movie, I'd probably watch it because he was, did such a good job in this movie. Um, so I, I'm hoping I'm hoping to see him continue to do well because he did really, really good in that movie. All right. That seems like he could stamp a, a rating out of 10, maybe a number of uh, toms and symbols uh, out of 10. So what do you, what do you give this? I, I'm going to go with an eight. I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I think that the missed opportunities were, were there and it is what it is. Um, you know, I think that, I think one of the, one of the things is that, like made for TV movies, which is kind of what these Amazon movies and stuff correlate to nowadays. Um, I'm just, I'm just expecting that the market just get better. And while this movie does excel above and beyond most of them, um, I think that, you know, just because it's, 
just because it's better, it's not as big of a piece of shit as the rest of you know the rest of these <laughs> movies that come out. I, you know, I can't I can't sway it too far that way. I think that there was uh, some some missed opportunities that would have made the movie a lot better, but um, definitely an eight out of ten. All right, yeah, very good. And and um, I want to just uh, mention that while it does say in Amazon original or whatever, the movie actually was already made and existed, and then Amazon picked it up for distribution. Oh. So it, it's not like Amazon said, hey, filmmaker guy, make this movie or okay. pitch us this movie and see if we want to promote it. I'm pretty sure it, it already existed and had been screened and all those things. And, and then they were like, OK, we're going to. Um, well, that is definitely an eight out of a 10 if it, if it wasn't a made for made for TV style movie, because that's exactly what I uh, interpreted the movie to be. What, wait, wasn't it a foreign movie, though? Yeah, it, it was uh, the Belgian filmmaker. Um, I think the scenes that are supposed to be in Europe are, are, are supposed to be in Paris are shot in, in Belgium. Um, and, and a lot of it's all shot in uh, New England, Massachusetts area for the U S portion. And I also think I was reading a little bit about it on the, in the Wikipedia, which I'll, I could post that on the show notes page, but they did not shoot it, shoot it um, concurrently. So, or consecutively. So it was like a couple of days here and there over the course of several months. And so you can imagine like, I mean, there are time jumps in the movie, like he's at this place for several months. So him having like different lengths of hair and having his like blonde hair kind of grow out and all that is like kind of blends right in with that. And I think that worked along with how they shot the movie, you know, just spread out over time. The one other point that I'd like to make is that that whole the whole scene where they had him in the room to write just to write and be still that whole scene was was I like I really personally liked. I thought it was really cool because um, being in treatment centers, they have you do all different types of weird. Um, what would the right word be? Like weird um, exercises, like, like for rituals period, almost. <laughs> no, no. So like, so like, there was a point in time where they limited the way I could talk. So um, basically, I I they tried to say that I danced around topics too much and uh, I would basically try to circumvent any type of responsibility for my actions by basically trying to give people like a run around by talking. And so the idea was, well, you can only limit your sentences to 10 words, basically an exercise. And in order to, it's not like you're going to be punished physically or anything if you don't do these things, but in treatment centers, if you want to progress to the program, you have to, you know, you had to play the game, you know? So, and then, and then they also added in there that I needed to use, um, uh, at least in one conversation, I had to use an, I feel statement in order to gain a, you know, uh, more connection with feelings. So I actually had to carry a feeling sheet and I had to open it up and basically pinpoint feelings. I couldn't just use bad, sad, mad, glad, nothing like that. So once again, whenever they have them doing these things, it's like, it's like, once again, relatable, like, okay, there's, there's some other meaning behind why they're having him do this. It's not, Hey, just sit in this. We're just going to lock you in this room with a pencil and a notepad. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes some sense. And it's almost like they sort of make you do these things that feel kind of dumb or degrading. And you can definitely feel that he felt that way. Like he even says like, this is stupid. What am I doing? You know? Yeah. Um, And I don't know if we really get like, the midterm payoff for that, like at the end, we get the payoff of him, like finally accepting that silent moment that was supposed to be what was being taught here. But we don't really get a intermediate, like while he's still experiencing being in that room. Yeah. There's like, no arc in it. There's, there's, there's I deny no it and I accept it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's no midpoint, I guess. So anyway, that's my, <laughs> take on that I, that that was just another point i thought i just thought of too so i figured i'd throw that out there all right so robert you uh you got a final summary and review in you and a uh, number of uh toms and symbols in your in your kit mm, yeah baby so sound of metal it's definitely uh it's a i think it's a character story that's going to hit you harder or softer based on your own personal life experience you know if if this is if you've if you're someone who's experienced great loss or if you've become disabled through no fault of your own, or maybe through your life choices, it's definitely going to, I think resonate more with you. Um, although, you know, to some extent we can all identify with loss, of course, if you've been on this earth, any amount of time, but I think it's going to hit you harder. Like Rocky has said, as it's 
you know, he's had personal experience with addiction and the music scene and not being able to, you know, compose like you otherwise normally would, even though it's like this part of you, it's part of your artistic expression that you have to get it out of you. Um, it's a, it's a personal story. You really get a sense of his emotions. He, the, the main character, the actor does an excellent job of, portraying that like I, like you guys were talking about in that um sitting room where he smashes that donut and he's punching that donut and i was like yeah fuck that donut man i had to totally get that i completely understand where you're coming from you're sitting in this room and you got this donut and you're just gonna smash the shit out of it and then he puts it back and then he's like oh, okay that was stupid smash i it again. smashed it i smashed this donut i was gonna eat yeah okay that was dumb no he's he like, smashed nah, it nah. Second, yeah. no, i was right the first time i was right the first time <laughs> It's that, addict, it's that addict behavior. In yeah, the so, of you, this. yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been addicted to drugs, but I've been addicted to other things in my life. I, I do understand somewhat. Uh, I, I haven't been through any kind of a, a rehab, so I don't know those, those kind of silly exercises that they put you through. But I, I definitely felt his frustration. I felt his anger. I felt, you know, his sadness. I felt a loss. And they, you know, I felt the loss of, you know, it's kind of like those war movies where you're still in love with this woman, but now she's far away from you. Like we just did a movie Jarhead where a main character or not the main character, but yeah, no, the main character, he's like uh, worried about his relationship with his girlfriend because she's all the way over there and he's all the way over here. And does right, she, is it, so. still, <laughs> is it still as strong as it was, you know, and they get information about, you know, what these girls are, you know, are they spending time with uh, X, Y, and Z? He's telling, he's hearing stories about this, this, this man that she's talking to. He's like, what's going on there? Why am I hearing these stories now? And I've, you know, that, that, that very much hit home to me. Uh, one of my relationships shortly before it ended, I started hearing stories about a coworker and I'm like, okay, what's going on there? Oh, okay. I keep hearing this story about this guy. And she ended up ending it with me and going out with that guy. So yeah, I, it's a very relatable and a, definitely a worrisome thing for anybody. But um, so, yeah, I, I, I found ways to relate with the story. Um, it wasn't uh, I didn't hit me as hard as it Rocky. I can understand his, his score of an eight. I I had a less less of an interest, I guess, in the story. It hit me less hard. I still appreciate that it would hit him hard or other people less hard. Um so I'm going to go with like a, I still don't think it's like the most engaging film. Um, there's definitely some very slow points. If you're not engaged with the main character, you're going to be less interested in what's happening. And there was just enough not happening, less interesting things happening that I that lost my interest for a significant part of the film. So I, I'm going to have to go with like a 6.5 hearing aids out of 10. I, <laughs> I can understand an eight. I can understand someone giving this a 10. I can also get, understand someone giving this a two. I it just, for me, it hit me in, in the 6.5 range. That's, that's where it hit me. So it's, it's, it's a perfectly well done movie. I just think it's, it's, it's not for everybody. Yeah. I think that this is very much a subjective uh, take. Like some people are going to hate it. Some people are going to love it. And there's going to be some in between. I'm kind of one of those in-betweens where I'm glad that I watched it. Um, I found that there were a number of buildups that didn't pay off and that there were some missed opportunities uh, in the in the movie and in the story arc. Uh, they jumped around a little bit, which was uh, kind of unfortunate. But the performance overall by the lead actor was really, really strong. And, and so I appreciated that. Um, I don't know like if there was really much of a story really happening other than guy experiences a, an issue starts dealing with it in one way, but he tries to shortcut, you know, short time preference kind of way. And then is disappointed in that. And then finally at the end realizes that the stillness and the acceptance is really the answer. And I mean, maybe if I look at it that way, maybe it's more favorable, but um, it's also shot in kind of an interesting, almost guerrilla documentary style. So that kind of stands out a little bit. Uh, the, the audio that that's really well done where you, really feel that jarring experience of going between the the non-hearing world and the hearing world. So overall, 
I think that it's it's a well done movie and it's uh, it's definitely worth watching. So I'm going to give it a kick drum, three toms, a crash, a hi hat, and a ride. So what's that? Is that seven or is that eight? It's pretty good. <laughs> you have basically a full kit. Yeah, pretty much a full kit. You have Close. you have more of a kit than what he had. <laughs> I got a couple extra zildjins or pasties in there. So yeah, I used yeah, to know yeah, like stuff. a symbol or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh overall uh it it gave us something worthy of discussion as is your book rocky so why don't we plug your book one more time and then tell people where they can find your website and other things that you do well the book is uh the fat free guide to songwriting and like i said you can pick it up on well, there it is you can pick it up on amazon right now like i said the uh the ebook is 299 the uh uh, uh Paperback is $9.99. And yeah, it's basically just uh, uh, a soft introduction. Although I will say that uh, Nick White from, um, oh, what is the podcast again? I haven't listened to it in a while. Um, anyways, Nick White, he's another podcaster, a libertarian musician, a phenomenal guy. He, uh, he writes music, doesn't write lyrics, but he read the book. I had him help me out with some of the uh, uh, just kind of another musician's take on it. And he said that uh, he actually gained a newfound respect for the art of songwriting. So um, I think that there is a little bit of something in there for anybody who's uh, a musician of any kind and possibly even somebody who is just into art overall, possibly help you be able to figure out, you know, look at things a little bit different than maybe uh, you might have looked at it before. So other than that, that's basically about all I got going on. I do have a new project out called Project 11. Uh, that's Project with 11. The L is replaced with two ones. Uh, we released a uh, cover, uh, like a groove metal cover of uh, Jump Around. We're getting ready to release some other stuff, too. So uh, go ahead go check that out. That's on all of uh, all streaming platforms as well. So, All right. Very good. And, and we will have the link to your book on the show notes page that can be found at lastnighters.com slash 182. It'll be an affiliate link. So be warned, everyone. You will get it at the same price you would otherwise get it. But we'll get a small, small cut. Which that means they're taking my money. They're taking my money. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nick is, um, I've been talking with him recently, actually. he His podcast is The Status Quo. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, and we're talking about uh, doing an episode with him pretty soon. We've got a couple of potential movies in the hopper, and each one of them is, uh, is actually pretty appealing. So I won't reveal which one we're going to land on yet, but we will have him on in a couple of weeks uh, as soon let, as we can let, get that scheduled. And let me know, Nick. Nick is an absolute phenomenal guy. Nick is fantastic. So I, I asked, I absolutely adore Nick. Great guy. All right, very good. Well, I'll tell him he comes highly recommended. So <laughs> he got, he comes. Uh, 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 what was it? Uh, uh, five, you know, ten hearing aids, right? <laughs> he's a, he's a full kit. <laughs> All right, you vouch for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah good guy. All right, very good. Well, Robert, speaking of good guys, we're going to have a yeah. good guy back on next week in honor of Pride Month. We're going to slip in Ooh. the back end of uh, Pride Month here. Nice. A little ditty called The Birdcage, starring Robin okay. Williams and Nathan Lane. And this will be with James Gentleman, the great James Gentleman of Blackbird Podcast. And we were Very good with him uh, a while back, and he was on for High Rise um a while back which was a very very good episode for not a very very good movie if i recall <laughs> birdcage takes place in like miami it sounds about right so there should be some tan individuals there so i'm looking to see some of my fellow people that'll be nice to be among you know my people see some <laughs> representation on screen you know that's how i identify that's how i validate myself so to tanfinity and beyond baby all right, you're keeping up this shtick. That's all right. That's okay. This all right, well, this is my new reality, Daniel. I don't have a choice. Ah, <laughs> uh, so such good stuff. All right, well, hey, there's more great content like this coming up in the Kathleen Turner Overdrive, also available for Patreon supporters. Go to lastnarrows.com slash Patreon. And let's listen to Robert for a couple of other ways that you can support the show uh, right about now. My oh, Fox little brother. Shit. Okay, I can make something up here. So, you can uh, leave a like. You can you could subscribe. You can leave a review. We we are happy about reviews. Daniel likes to talk about them. He likes to read them in the shows. Months later, 
yeah months months later after the fact so after you've <laughs> left a review and then forgotten that you've left a review and stopped listening to the show daniel will call attention to the review and be like check out this review this was a positive review or a negative review we've done, i think we've done one or two of those got a few of those yeah but those are always fun no matter either way you swing it uh we we enjoy we enjoy that kind of content so that is definitely a way you can support the show or you can even go to the the patreon and uh throw us a few uh, shekels, anything that would otherwise loosely fall out of your pocket and you wouldn't notice, you can uh, throw it at us. That's right. So long as you've got some money left over after filling your gas tank or trying to buy a piece of lumber, uh, we're happy to accept <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, we're only dealing, we're only talking to the rich people out there. That's nice. right. And just, just the change. <laughs> we, we accept, we accept any kind of currency, Bitcoin and lumber. Yeah, we'll take lumber. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We'll take your wood. Next week, birdcage, everyone. And uh, with that, we'll say goodnight from last night. Peace out.